Hello and welcome to another episode of Top Dogs. It is Monday, December 13th at 9.45 in the a.m. My name is Rob Doster. I have a fun show on the way for you today. I was joined by ESPN commentator John Crispin, who called UConn's win over St. Bonaventure on Saturday. He also watched tape of the West Virginia game. He watched the film of the games in the battle for Atlantis. He probably has as good of a feel of what this UConn team is right now as anybody that covers the sport at the national level on broadcasts so we're going to talk to him a little bit about this group about their struggles against west virginia about the win against the bonnies and about what this team's ceiling could be and why losing tyrese martin and adama sonogo for a couple of weeks might be a silver lining for the program moving forward we're going to get into that all of that right now but first a quick message from our sponsor before we move on let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up for Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their rush pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, it's more secure, and it's more reliable. Now that basketball season is tipping off, get in on the action at betrivers.com today or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And while I got you here, let's talk about the Field of 68 Media Network, where college basketball matters most all year round. This is a digital media and podcast network that we've been building over the course of the last year. We have shows hosted by some of your favorite players covering the program that they love the most. AJ Guyton hosts the House of Hoosier. Eric Devendorf covers Syracuse on the scorer's table. Dan Dickow hosts the Gonzaga Bulldog broadcast. We have Florida's Patrick Young and Duke's Andre Dawkins and North Carolina's Shimon Williams and Michigan's Stu Douglas and Illinois' Deion Thomas. The list goes on and on and on. We have more than 30 shows right now. So hit the links below and check them all out. And while you're at it, make sure that you go check out the Field of 12 Media Network, your home for college football. And now let me welcome on to Top Dogs, John Crispin, an ESPN commentator who called UConn's game against St. Bonaventure on Saturday. John, what's going on, man? Thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. I I'm, I'm awaiting baby number two at any moment now, so maybe I, I probably won't be as long as I normally am. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, we should put that disclaimer in. If you have to <laughs> run off of camera uh, suddenly, it's because your wife, she was due yesterday, correct? Yeah, she was due yesterday. Uh, we had the game on the 11th, which was the big wild card, right? You know, that's the one. Uh, as soon as I leave for Newark here from South Jersey, I know I'm going to get a call, but we got through the day. And then after that, like I have some time, I'm kind of annoyed with this baby already. You know, he's already <laughs> going to mess up a good thing we've got going. we got a good dynamic with my firstborn. He's definitely going to screw that up because that's what I did with my older brother and, you know, did that to my parents. So I, I, I'm already a little frustrated with this little guy, so he's he's got some work to do yeah both of my kids were i think eight to nine days um overdue and my oh. wife had to be induced for both of them and, and it got to the point where she was just like oh i'm i'm, I'm done i'm done with this yeah. baby let's go let's figure yeah give me something make this happen get this baby out of me yeah my wife is trying to tell me about that but i'm like no, no you don't realize how frustrating this is for me you know it's really <laughs> it's really more about us because you know we're just here waiting and i mean they at least have some control over it right now i i so I, I, God so bless my if, wife. If if she went into labor, 
let's say she goes into labor at the first TV timeout of the game on Saturday. Like, what what do you do? Yes, game yes this is yeah. this is where we find out that I would probably win worst husband of the year. Uh, <laughs> because once the game starts, here's the thing. Like, once the game starts, you can't bail. Because then you'd have to explain why you bailed. And then that's kind of like the little backstory in the game. You can't do it. Like, I know that may sound terrible, like I'm an awful husband. Uh, but the reality is, like, if you do that and you leave and say, John had to run off because his wife's, you know, headed into delivery, that's kind of the new backstory of the game that requires a follow-up. And I really wouldn't want it, you know? Uh, so we had the plan where we said, look, if, if I'm there, the game starts, I'll get back when I can get back. Uh, we had a backup plan. And, and I know everybody is saying, like, that's terrible. And I'm like, I'm going to spend my entire life with this child. We got a good backup plan. But I still walked away feeling terrible about myself uh, that I would actually finish the game. So at least, look, the kid held out. Uh, but now at this point, it's annoying. So let's go. Yeah, he, he did you a favor, but it's like, yeah. oh. Look, yeah, we're, we're good now. You got us where we yeah. need to be. Let's let's get this thing yeah. going. Appreciate the solid. Let's yeah. let's start the game. You know. All right. So let, let's talk about this UConn team because it feels like uh, UConn fans have had um, a little bit of angst. I don't know if it's because yeah. it's the first time they've been this good in a while or or, or what, <laughs> but uh, the loss to West Virginia seemed to rile a lot of people up. Some of their uh, execution in late games down the stretch. But but let's first and foremost. Um, you, you watch a bunch of games to prepare for this. What, what's your overall takeaway of this UConn team? Uh, overall takeaway is they're the type of team that just plays very well. Like there's a lot of teams out there. College basketball is an interesting thing because so much of it's execution, right? It's, it's almost too structured. And, and some of the teams struggle because of that structure, right? They, they think too much. They don't know how to read and react. They don't know how to play with one another, let alone off one another. It's really more about the structure. They're not limited by that. This is a team that really goes out and knows how to just play. And the good thing is they have a ton of playmakers, right? They, they have 10, 11, 12 guys that can all make plays. And guys like Jordan Hawkins are only going to get better and better. So I, I, would, I would be as nice to that kid as possible if I'm a UConn fan base, because please believe he's going to be your star going forward and he just needs a little love right now because confidence is lacking. You add him to a mix of, of guys that can all make plays. And when I say make plays, it's not just like I can beat a guy to the basket and score. Playmaking is all the things that, that happen beneath the surface, right? Playmaking is a rotation. It's, it's communicating to move a guy in position to be able to stop a play that leads to a run out in the layup. Like there's a lot of guys there that can make plays, shot blockers like a cook, a cook and Sonogo, like, and Tyrese Martin and Andre Jackson. I mean, there's a lot of guys I can add in there. Polly, there's so many guys here I could talk about um, that can make plays. Their only issue to me when I watch all these games is that times they need to be a little bit more calculated, not structured. They need to explore things a little bit more. So what I saw in some of the previous games, I saw a little bit of in the game I just called. And that was maybe looking at a ball screen and not re-exploring it. Right. There were a few times where I was like, RJ Cole's in a great ball screen situation. They're setting the screen, you know, defenders dragging with him, two are going with the ball, yet you didn't go back to it. So I think there are times where that just play part of it needs to be scaled back a little bit and, and look a little bit more calculated at times because that's the only way they're going to reach their potential because that's the only way you're going to beat some of the best in the country. So I think they're there. I think the pieces are there. 
But at sometimes you've got to scale back a little bit. And I think Dan Hurley's got to do that a little bit too because of his intensity. Mm-hmm. He's got a team with great potential and may need to scale back that intensity, scale back that just play component and really start to explore options on the floor, which are going to make them better and more adaptable going forward, not just in conference, but beyond. Yeah, the, the big frustrating thing for me are the little mistakes in, in transition situations where yeah. – You'll have a pass that goes over RJ Cole's head, or you'll have Andre Jackson uh, not throw a bounce pass when he has a three-on-one break that leads to a turnover instead of getting yeah. a layup. And I think that that so much of this team, they're built around this idea that they're going to defend, they're going to force turnovers, they're going to get stuff in transition. And when you play in the half court, we're going to do just well enough to be able to win games. And when you take away those four, six, eight points because of sloppy turnovers in transition, like that's to me, that's the margin of error from being a good team that can win a game yeah. in the tournament to being a team that, you know, maybe they got a chance to, to make a run at the Big East title this season. So it's it's those little sloppy things that can get cleaned up with coaching, with film, with yep. better decision-making. To me, that's the difference between UConn being good and UConn being great. Well, I, and I, there's something I write down. I write all these random things down when I'm watching games. And most people think, like, your notes are, like, you know, stats or tendencies. The things I write down are – some people may think are, are nonsensical, but I'm telling you they make sense because they're so far beneath the surface that if you really understand it, it impacts many other things that eventually show up on the surface. And one thing I wrote down was tempered intensity, like tempered intensity, meaning you can't lose your intensity, but you've really got to temper it a bit and really control it because that's what leads to some of those silly plays where they're just moving too fast, not thinking enough but trying really hard, right? Like, and, and you see that that's a reflection of your coach, which is great, but there are times where you have to temper and really guide that intensity into, I hate to say execution because execution is like such an archaic term in the, in the game now, right? We say execution and we think that means a down screen into a, you know, into a, a ball screen into a flare and then you score. Like that's not how the freaking game works, man. Like, like execution is read and react execution is calculation setting a guy up bringing defense with you to move the basketball to get into the paint and kick out like execution is the hockey assist right it's not the drive and kick there's there's more to the game nowadays so i think you really have to temper that intensity to feel the game out a little bit more and the more they feel the game out the more they're going to realize they just raised their ceiling you know there are teams out there that and st bonaventures is a good example of this they play five guys. Kyle Lofton was out, and, and that would have made the game a lot different. Those five dudes play 30 minutes or more. The first 10 minutes of the game are pretty chill because they know they're going to play the entire game, and the most important thing they can do, because they're like a bunch of veterans, the most important thing they can do is feel out the game. They spend the first five, 10 minutes feeling out the game, and then they turn it on because they understand the rhythm of the game. They understand how this game's being played and where their options are going to be. I think UConn needs to find a little of that even though they're deep and can go intense for 40 minutes, like wild balls to the wall intensity is not going to win you against the best teams in the country. Uh, And I think that's where they really can improve. And if they do, I'm telling you, that ceiling just gets higher and higher and higher. And they are up there with the likes of Baylor and Purdue and Duke. And you see, I'm telling you, they're up there because of the personnel, but they never, they just need to settle it down a bit. I I made the argument after um, after news came out that Tyrese was going to be out for two to four weeks and Adama was going to be out for a while, that yeah. this could end up being a good thing. Long Absolutely. Because, and I think we saw it, you mentioned the cook earlier. We, I think we saw it yep. specifically with him in that 
you're kind of getting him going again, right? You have to, yeah. you're throwing him in the fire. This is a yeah. dude, five-star recruit, um, towards Achilles. It's taken him a little while to kind of get going, but we saw the uh, guy making threes. We saw a guy blocking shots from the weak side. I thought he was as active as he's been. He looked as confident as he's been and, and kind of getting, getting him to the point where he can play the five if you need him to. You can play yep. him alongside Adam if you need him to. You can put him and Isaiah Whaley out there together like that. To me, changes what this kind of team can can look like, right? Yeah. I, so, I don't know what what's the what's our rating on this podcast? Is there like a PG thirteen? <laughs> no, like what's all guess. right? So it's not even about cussing. I just want to. I don't want to be inappropriate uh, by accident. So I wrote something down during the game, and it was to to my partner Kevin Brown. I just kind of wrote it down because it was a thought, and I need to get my thoughts out during the game. And I obviously can't say this stuff on air. And what I said was, a cook, a cook is getting his balls back. That, that was what I said. That was my thought. I was like, he's getting his balls back. And I, some people may be like, that's not right to say. I'm like, no, no, you got to think about what he's been through. When you go through an injury like that, it's more of an emotional thing. It's more of a mental thing going forward, right? Emotionally, it drains you. Mentally, you're not sure if you're really able to come back. The more he was able to make plays, the more he was able to hit the floor. Maybe like he went up for a block shot and came down awkwardly. Those things all help you get your balls back. It's and confidence started, in your body. Is no yes, that's things again, right? right. It's it's. I feel like I can do this. And and what I saw from him, uh, gosh, up until pretty much St. Bonaventure was, he's just unsure. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I get why. When you tear your Achilles, man, that that is that messes with you mentally. And I, I just think the last game because Sonoga's out, we all think of. Like I always say this, and, and people need to think more about it when I say it. We think of playing time as opportunity. Yo, playing time's responsibility. It's not opportunity, right? If you say playing time's opportunity, then you're a selfish fool and you're not going to serve it well. Playing time is responsibility. It is you have the responsibility to serve your team on the floor. You have this responsibility to play a role. And what happened when the cook a cook had to step in for Sonogo is he had the responsibility to be freaking a cook a cook again. Mm-hmm. And that to me was significant where he had, again, not the opportunity, the, the responsibility to be who he was before he got hurt. And he did it. I mean, I'm telling you, he looked good. His shot looked good. He was contesting shots. He was much more active defensively. And, and you could tell because sometimes guys who deal with injury, they get inside themselves and they never get out. He finally started to get out, right? Communicating less consumed with what I'm dealing with again. And that's subconscious too, right? You, when you have an injury like that, it's not a conscious thought. It's your subconscious just telling you, hold back, hold back, make sure you're good. I saw him get his balls back. And, and I think that's going to be good for them going forward. So that's where that positive of Tyrese Martin and, and Adama Sonogo being out. I mean, look, it's that, what is it? I mean, I don't know what the term is. What's the term there um, when it's the silver lining? Unexp- yeah, silver lining. That's right. Unexpected benefits, silver lining. Look, it, it's there, but the challenge is going to be what you do with all these guys that expect to play. That's the more money, more problems. Isn't easy. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if you have, they're, they're basically playing seven guys right now. Right. So if you're going, going eight to nine deep and you're getting all of these guys, 15 to 20 minutes minimum, I think that should be enough, especially if it's the kind of thing where, all right, Tyler Polly comes in, bangs three threes in the first half. Right. Well, yeah, he's going to play 30 minutes in that game. He comes in, puts up a couple air balls, throws one off the backboard, then, yeah. all right, he's not playing. Like, it's – it's. I think it's one of those things where you can kind of ride the hot hand a little bit. And, and 
if you have guys that that understand or are bought in and are good teammates and and yep. value this concept of the the whole is greater than me getting my minutes right or me getting my shots, then I think you're going to be you're good to go. It's hard though. So here's here's why it's hard. That has to start months ago. Mm-hmm. Like that has to start in in I don't know when these dudes get on campus anymore. Like freaking last May. Like these like everything changes. That needs to start then. And and what you need to establish is that. We have a deep team, and on any given night, it might be your night. If it's not, don't sweat it. Like Jordan Hawkins, to me, should be Jamal Crawford as a freshman because if you go play great, I'm going to make you a star. If you don't play well, don't sweat it. Get the next one. Like maybe he plays 10 minutes some games. Maybe he plays 25 if he's feeling it. That's how you build that confidence. So so I would pick one or two dudes like a Jordan Hawkins – uh, even Andre Jackson, like he's a guy who could be great. And then at times be like, dude, just, just take a breath, you know, which is funny. That's what people say to me half the time on Twitter. It's like, Chris, but take a breath. You know, <laughs> it's like, sorry, I'm excited. I, I get it. I get amped about this stuff. But Jersey like, in you, man. There's nothing. You yeah, can do. I, like, I got so much to say and I, and I only work five months out of the year. Like I came out of hibernation for to what? Take a breath. No. So like they're, they have guys that could be great in a short period of time and you say maybe let's ride that wave but no sweat you know when Tyrese Martin's back with Adama Sanogo goes back no sweat saying all right Andre Jackson not your night dude and it's okay but you have to do that early because they need to understand and see the consistency in that right these kids come in and their identity is so tied to uh, who they are on the basketball court and how they look when they play Jordan Hawkins, you could feel it, man. I feel it. I, I, told, I said in the game, I want to give him a shot of, of fearlessness and, and confidence because he's really freaking good, but he's just unsure of it yet. And, and it's not that he's unsure he of his know, abilities. He doesn't know how good he can be. That, that's that's part all of part is, of it. But my, my biggest take is that he, like, he needs to get in the gym, work on that core strength. He needs to get in the gym and put on, like, 15 pounds of muscle. He needs to get in the gym and spend an entire summer doing nothing but two ball dribbling drills, right? Like, yeah. handle just isn't quite tight enough. And he's not – he's just not quite strong enough to be able to handle, uh, you know, a, a big East guard bump, bumping him off his spot from where – getting where he wants to go. It, like, yeah, but he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to right now. He just needs yeah. to go play and, and learn how to play this game at this level because he's not who he's going to be now, right? And no one really is. But I think there are some guys that you look at and physically you say, he's ready. In so many ways, he's ready. This is a kid who is going to be completely different in a year. But you can't sacrifice this year trying to get points. You can't sacrifice this year trying to just go be effective. Dude, go learn how to play at this level because it's going to make you 10 times better tomorrow. The problem is, again, young kid, your identity is so wrapped up in who people think you are, whether people think you're good. And you can see it and feel it in him. And that's what I just want. I, I wish I could tell him that was me as a freshman in so many ways. And, you know, I was scored 10, 11 points a game in the Big Ten my freshman year. And I thought I stunk. Like, what's wrong with you, man? Like, I, I just, I wish he could just get confident because he's the type of kid that you could say, look, you might play 10 minutes. And if you're not feeling it, you know, no worries. But if you're hitting shots, like he hit a couple shots in a row against St. Bonaventure. And I'm like, oh, that's it. That pull up jumper. Like, that's it. If he has that rolling, he may play 20 minutes and get 25 points. Yeah, that, so that's, I think, what I, that's what I loved about him against the Bonnies is that he – I think he missed his first six shots from the floor. Yeah. And then came in and it, he hit two threes. Like, he hit one in yep. the corner, and then the next possession, Hurley called a play to get him off of, like, yep. a, a, a double screen, and he hit the next one. 
And it was just kind of like, okay, like I, I love seeing guys shooters that can yeah. play terrible and miss like six, seven, eight in a row, come back, knock down two in a row. And, and all of a sudden that gives you that, that push lead from like a close game. Yep. The 10 point lead. Like, it, yeah. It, and it's, it's hard to do though, when you're a young kid and you can mm-hmm. see and feel that emotion, right? You, it's almost like the, I don't remember the movie forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Of course. Kunu. I remember it. I, I watched that movie Kunu. like once a month. Exactly. I mean, look, it's, it's on at least once a month. And, and every time I watch it, I'm like, dang, this is a really freaking good movie. Like it cracks yeah. me up. But Kunu, the uh, Paul Rudd, the surf instructor, yeah. you're trying too hard. Do less. You're trying too hard. Do less. Now you're not doing anything at all. Like, I think of that all the time and I'm like, it's, it's freaking hilarious how relevant that is at this level, because that's what he's doing. He's trying too damn hard. Like stop trying so dang hard and, and just play. Right. The team is structured in a way where they really just play. They get up and down there's intensity and all that stuff. He's one that could benefit from more of the just play and let RJ Cole function more in the calculation part of it. Right control and temper expectations, control and temper intensity, and let a young dude like Jordan Hawkins just go. Like, dude, just go play. Throw the ball out of, in the stands, no worries. If you can't if you can't be trusted, then Dan Hurley's not going to play in key situations. But go learn how to play at this level because that's going to be what makes you a star next year. So it's just – it's tough. Like, we're not in the business of patience, right? Fans no. don't care about patience, man. They, they want it now. And – it's funny when expectations are really low and you win a game and fans are like, good, man, we played really hard. And well, the second those expectations rise, then fans become, you know, absolute monsters again and, and expect to win every stinking game. So I think expectations should be high for UConn. And I think they're in the perfect spot where they may not be as high as their ceiling is. So that's a sweet spot, right? You can lose a game here and there because the Big East is strong yet still have the confidence of the fan base. And I think you need to ride that out. It's a, it's a kind of a, a sweet spot right now for UConn. Yeah, that, that's a perfect segue into the next question I wanted to ask you. Um, the the loss at West Virginia, that that sent this fan base into an absolute tizzy. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, there were there were some, some plays down the stretch and some possessions down the stretch that weren't the prettiest. And I think on – like. Less than a minute left, they had five shots on and four offensive rebounds on one possession and couldn't get anything yeah. to go. And um, everybody started melting down. It's a loss at West Virginia, and, and it's like, ah, oh, there's no way we can be what we want to be. Like this is proof of it. I was like, listen, you're playing without two of your what? T- two of your at, at worst, your two, two your, your two best players, uh, your two best players, and the toughest matchups on the floor. Like yes. that's what it is. You're on the road. You're going up against a team whose entire game plan is we're going to make it ugly. We're going to make it physical. We're going to make you uncomfortable. And you had a game that, you know, if you don't shoot three for 23 from three, you probably end up winning. Right. And and the point that I made was Purdue went on the road and lost at Rutgers. Yeah. We're we're, we're both in Jersey. We know what this Rutgers basketball program is. The number one team in the country goes on the road and loses that Rutgers. And with no Geo Baker worried about going on the road and losing at West Virginia. Like, yeah. Let's let's take a deep breath. It's gonna be okay. Just yeah, two us. two of your best players, and I would say you're, they're your two best players because they're your two toughest matchups. Mm-hmm. And that's again, like people think, well, we have the personnel. We should have won this game. It's like you're not the same team. Like it's going to take time to adjust to the different in, difference in your in your lineup, right? Your different rotations. The dynamics in a lineup are so fickle, right? Like they're so fluid, you know, as is our freaking top 25, you know what I mean? Like it's just so fluid where it's like, 
you take one piece out and it takes a while to figure out like, oh, wow, it's a different dynamic. But you take Sonogo and Tyrese Martin out, who Tom Izzo raved about these two dudes too, by the way, like mm -hmm. raved about these two dudes, how tough they are, how much they set the tone on the floor, but also set the level of confidence for the teammates. Think about that, right? You have two dudes out there. You got shot blockers, playmakers, tough matchups, physical dudes who you can play through and play with. That sets the tone of confidence for the team. So you have to adjust where you find your confidence, where you find your swagger when you don't have them on the floor. And then you go play at West Virginia. What? Remember what I talked about earlier where I said they have the just play component down, but they don't have the calculation. Mm -hmm. Like they don't have that. Let's just feel this game out. Let's find our spots. Let's be solid in this, this point so we can explore maybe this option in the ball screen. That's exactly what they needed in West Virginia. Like, that's where I saw that. Like, that's where I saw that the most. I saw it in, in VCU because VCU was just, that was a nut job of a game. Like, I, I mean, I felt beat up after watching that game. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> was not, was not the I was in studio and had to like reapply re, uh, re, uh, powder because I was just like, I feel like I just got punched. Like, it, <laughs> that was awful. Um, but it was hard fought and won and everything's good. But I saw it in the West Virginia game and saw it kind of flow into the St. Bonnie's game, which is just, all right, you guys can play and you got great intensity, temper the intensity, be more calculated, explore options, because if you do, then you could be a great team. And that's, that's where West Virginia, that's where you need to step back from that chaos and just say, all right, you guys be chaos. I'm going to be controlled chaos. I'm going to be calculated chaos. And we're going to be better than you. And, and that's where I think it's a learning experience. And in the end, you're better because of it. But fans, I get your fans can't function that way. They, they're too emotionally invested. I totally get it. Yeah. And, and the one thing I would also note is that uh, West Virginia and VCU, their entire game plan is to make you as uncomfortable as possible and make it so that you can't yes. uh, go out there and do those things that are calculated and do those yes. things, run sets and, and make it work well. So the, it's, it's almost like a matchup thing, right? You, you got a yeah. team that can kind of struggle in that area. You have teams where their strength is making you struggle in that area. And it's, you know, it, it yeah. just, Sometimes games go that way. It's it's college there, basketball. It's the nature. There of the are ways around it though. Like there are way, when you watch when you watch West Virginia, after you play them, you come up with every idea how to win the game, but you never do it before the game. And that's that that's the genius of what Bob Huggins is doing. Like you scout that team and you say, all right, this is how we're going to play, and then you play them and it doesn't go so well, or maybe you do all right, and then you watch the tape back and you go, oh, now I know how to beat them. Like it's. Mm -hmm. That's the real genius in it. Most programs, you can find opportunities to execute and then you apply that to the game. You can't, and, and part of that is you can't simulate West Virginia. Some teams you can simulate in practice, you can't simulate that stuff. And the only way to simulate it is to go play 40 minutes against them. Uh, so I think that's, I think again, a learning experience. There are other teams like that that are disruptive and ultimately it's the disruption you have to prepare for, not the pressure. Right. You, you have to be prepared for disruption. You have to be prepared for not being able to do the things that you want to do or typically do like to do. And I think they've got that now. And I think they just beat a really good St. Bonnie's team, even though they didn't have their best player. It's a really experienced team. And they're really well be calculated. Yeah. yeah the oh. They're so well coached. They run their stuff. They're not going to make mistakes. They're not going to be in the wrong spot defensively. All dudes, man. Kind of limits what they can like their ceiling. Yeah. But they're still a very, very solid team without it. Yeah. Oh, no. Very solid team without him. I, th I think the other part was you got your big and foul. I mean, I got him, buddy. I got to say his name is Osuniyi. I think Oshun Oshun Oshuniyi. Yeah, I got it right. It. Nailed um, it. 
I, I did not nail it in the broadcast. So I'm surprised <laughs> no one pointed that out. Um, maybe my apology was good enough, but you got him out of, out of the game and you didn't even have a Dama Sunogo. Mm-hmm. So they did a good job of attacking the shot blocker, getting the big out of the game, forcing them to go to a bench. So there's, there's a lot of good things that happen that I, I do. It's one of those things where I feel like with UConn, the ceiling moves. Like for some teams, you go, oh, they have a low ceiling. For other teams, they have, oh, they have a high ceiling. Maybe there's, there's no ceiling. We don't know. I feel like the ceiling moves with this team. And, and it's not just personnel. It's, it's whether they're really thinking through the game, you know, or are you just balls to the wall, go play. Because at some point you're going to, you're going to come against the, the only way you beat teams that are better than you. And there are teams that are perceivably based on the top 25 better than them. The only way you beat the teams better than you is if you can actually read, react, take what the defense is giving you all the other stupid cliches that I hate myself for saying, but that's what happens in a game when you're playing somebody better. You have to actually calculate through things. You have to explore options, right? You play through the post and read where the double's coming from. You need to think these things through. And those are the things I need to think they need to get better at and better at. Hard to do because now you're in Big East play. Yeah, I think one of the, the big keys, I mean, we talked about Jordan Hawkins. We talked about the three-point shooting. We talked about getting healthy. We haven't talked about RJ Cole yet, and we can wrap it with this. Yeah. I think that he his he's that presence, right? He, I mean, he's like yeah. 23 years old. He's, he's a got veteran. a man beard. Yeah, he does. He's had that yeah. beard for a while. His the, his uh his brand is cold blooded, right? And and my oh, favorite movie is whenever he hits big shots, it's RJ Cole blooded, and it, that that late game presence, that 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 situation where um, you can kind of have someone where you trust them at the end of the game, like that's the biggest thing with UConn right now. They've struggled a lot in yeah. end of game possessions because they don't really have that game breaker. I do think RJ. Uh, has some room to grow there, but he can be that guy. I, I mean, look, he averaged 23 and six when he was at Howard. We know this yeah. guy can go out and get a bunch. Yeah. Um, I think that he needs to kind of grow into that role a little bit. He's got, he's got to continue to move the game. And there were a few moments that, and it goes back to kind of a lot of what I'm saying, like ball screen situation. And I'm watching the ball screen. And look, when I, when I watch a ball screen, it's like, there's part of it is how they're defending it, mm-hmm. but it's also what's happening around the ball screen. And then on the opposite side. So you're reading the whole defense. He's got to get better at seeing the entire floor while managing the pressure and the double team potentially of a ball screen. Because if he does, he's going to say, let's come back to it. Because if I drag this out further, this guy stays with me. The slip's going to occur. The backside guy's going to slide over and I'm going to skip to the corner and one extra pass up. And we have the best look at three. Like Mm -hmm. he hasn't gotten there yet. Like, I don't know if I ever got there as a player because I was more of a two-guard scorer. My brother did, especially when he went overseas because he was a point scorer. And he played off the ball screen and became a, a magician off the ball screen. And overseas, guys sit down, they get slow. They, they, they really just patiently wait for the action to happen. RJ Cole's got to get better at that because he's great at getting to the basket because he uses his physicality and that the old man savvy. He doesn't even elevate off the floor. He just gets his body into you and he, and he knows how to get to the line. He's got great savvy, but I just think he needs to really explore the game a little bit more and think it through and do that early so that you can pick and pick and choose your options as the game goes. Because the defense is going to adjust when you score. So when that slip goes and you hit the slip for a dunk, the backside guy is going to slide in. And then you, you drag it out, you throw to the corner, kick up, then you got the open three. Now 
Now they can't, they can't defend the ball screen the same way. And I think that's where RJ Cole can help the team the most is really exploring things offensively and settling down a bit because you got so many weapons. you got to make sure the defense moves and doesn't get keyed on one guy or another. Yep, for sure. Well, listen, John, this has been a pleasure. Appreciate your insight. Yeah, uh, man. Even though you, you know, even though you haven't been great at pronouncing the Shuna Shuni's name, I, I, I enjoyed yeah. it all on uh, on Saturday. So I appreciate the time. Best of luck, man. Hopefully, uh, tell your wife oh. I say good luck and 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 let's get this kid out of there. I will seriously. We we have a doctor's appointment this afternoon, and hopefully something happens. Let's go. <laughs> We're ready. Get that done. Appreciate the time, man. Thank you. My pleasure, man.